This is Anime Out of Context, a comedy review podcast hosted by a weeb of the highest order alongside a cynical man who knows nothing about anime. Our show features spoilers, explicit language, and poor fact-checking. Neither of our hosts are experts on any topic and none of their opinions should be taken as fact. Thank you for listening, and enjoy. And welcome to Anime Out of Context, the show where I attempt to explain the sometimes weird, sometimes wonderful, but always hilarious world of anime. And I point out that among the many evils capitalism has brought us, the worst of all of them has to be anime. I'm Sean Rollins. I'm Remington Chase. And Remington, I may have gotten the dates wrong on our anniversary. Uh, are, are we not celebrating? Not yet, unfortunately. I, 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 I got the rose petals set up. I, I got us a, a romantic suite in a hotel. I, I, I went all out on this, Sean. No, we can still use that. Oh, okay, okay, then we're fine. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. We, we, can ju- we just have to celebrate again later. <laughs> for okay, different perfect. reasons. Perfect, okay. Yeah, did you did you get that uh, that non silicone based lube I like? Ah, shit! Mm, you see, you can't eat the silicone based stuff, so it's a bit complicated. <laughs> well, I'll pour it down your <laughs> your guzzle hole anyway. <laughs> okay, we lost the bit. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> this is how we've started the episode. It's all your fault, this by is, the way. This is how we're opening this up. Whatever anime we're doing this week. I, I want I want to apologize because th- this is this is your opening. Uh, this would be this would be a terrible time to to like revisit sweetness and lightning. <laughs> the thing is, I almost did that tonight. I wanted I was thinking about doing another revisit, but I was like, nah, that's a little too soon. Uh, but if I was, it was going to be either that or probably like Yori Moi or something like that, and that would have been very bad. Oh man! Uh, well, good thing that you didn't. Uh, for the the, the listeners, they already know what uh, we're doing. I don't, but they, they do, so they know how fitting it is, or how much of a goddamn travesty it is that we started the episode this way. So. It's a coin flip. <laughs> okay, perfect. Because uh, on one hand. Yeah, that makes a little sense. On the other hand, oh God, what the fuck is wrong with us? <laughs> what? One man can't talk about his homie's guzzle hole in the privacy of his own public podcast? I don't see the issue here. There's nothing wrong with two perfectly straight men <laughs> guzzling each other's holes. <laughs> oh God, we're going to die alone, Remington. That's that's how it works. Or at least with each other. <laughs> I don't know what is worse. <laughs> but Remington, uh, the anime I have for you today is a bit of an interesting one. Ah, fuck. Uh, interesting in that we have an emote for it on our server and we've never covered it. Oh, okay. Well, that doesn't help me at all because I... Don't speak anime and you have no idea what you're looking at. Yeah. I uh, get that. I, I, f- I probably sent the emote because that's my primary way of communicating on the Discord. Yeah. But It's one of our smug uh, emoticons. Oh, smug. that's a good that's a good emote that we have. I like our smug emote. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's from actually a really entertaining and good and funny show with a very odd concept, to say the least. Oh, no. Well, what's the matter, Rem? Well, typically when we get into odd concepts, the word sister is often used. No sisters. Thank God. Already, we're off to a fine start. Yeah, we've gone through 2020 without any actual explicit uh, incestual romantic relationships, unless you count our uh, uh, Patreon bonus episodes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well... What? Uh, though I'm not sure if uh they they've yet to to hear the incest on the Patreon bonus episode. That'll be going up this month. 
Oh, that's true. So, so good luck with that, guys. You guys can only be confident that the bonus episode this month involves some incest for our patrons. Because <laughs> that's what they like. <laughs> uh, you dirty so, uh, so, so what is the interesting concept that we have here? Well, Remington, I think we need to hearken back to some of your uh, your own original ideas. Oh, uh, fuck. For our show. Okay. okay. Uh, Remington, back in the day, you started a little group simply called Dracula United. Hey, yeah, Dracula United, uh, which, for a reminder to anybody, a bit of a callback, but uh, we, we represent at Dracula United all of the monsters who have been misrepresented uh, because they are either overly sexualized or... Uh, overly villainized, and that is is cruel. It's unfair. There are plenty of monsters who uh, who who are completely normal, like you and I. We are Dracula United. We stand for the fair representation of all monsters around the globe. And Remington, the anime I have for you today is something I'd like to bring forth before your uh, Dracula United Council, as it will. All right, we 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 shall judge it fairly. Uh, and and if if it fucks with monsters in a negative light uh, or, or in a too extreme light, you'll be hearing from our lawyers, which is just me in the best suit I have, which is not a very good suit. In fact, I think it's a dress, actually. <laughs> it's the best suit you it's, have. It's, it's me in a dress in, in a cardboard court, uh, just recording myself rambling on about the injustices of bad anime. Uh, which I mean, the only difference there is that we're in a blanket fort and you switch to a cardboard <laughs> fort. <laughs> yeah, that's the only difference. Uh, but no, Remington, this is actually a really popular one, a really funny one, really entertaining, and is actually incredibly highly rated, too. It's got an 8.12 on Mal. Okay, very high. Yeah, ranked number 428 of all anime. All right, well, that's uh, unfortunately meaningless for whether or not I'll like it. Still a coin flip here. And it's by one of my favorite studios, Kyoto Animation. Oh, okay. They're a good one. Yeah. There's only one or two things from them that I don't like, and that's because one of them is, it's a lot of man meat. Uh, <laughs> to say the least. All right, so. And not a lot of substance. The, uh, the uh, just insert the subtitle, the unofficial subtitle of this episode, Guzzle Holes and Man Meat. Oh, God. Dylan, do not put that in the description. <laughs> do put that into the description, Dylan. The world deserves to know. I don't think we can get away with that on iTunes. <laughs> they, they might not like that. Uh, but no, Remington, the anime we're going to be talking about today is a comedy slice-of-life anime about uh, the relationship between uh, one Kobayashi and uh, her new um, her new roommate uh, slash maid. All right, so already it's getting problematic and risky, so... Oh, what's the matter, Rem? What's wrong with having a maid? If your apartment is constantly dirty, you need someone to help you clean. No, uh, maids, very useful, do a great service. Uh, very, very necessary and important for a lot of people, and I, I admire and appreciate that. However, uh, there, there's a big ol' asterisk w with maids in anime. I, I don't know if they can exist in a non-sexual way. Remington. Oh, yeah, I'm the villain here. Remington. No, I, if, if... She, if her outfit is not a sexy maid's outfit, then then I will eat my words. What would you define as a sexy maid outfit? We all know what a sexy maid's outfit is, shot, and we all understand what's going on here. Okay, give me some details then. Give me a visual picture. All right. Well, generally, it is the, the very frilly black and white, though it doesn't have to be. 
Uh, generally, uh, it will have uh, a little bit higher on the skirt, sometimes stocking, sometimes not, uh, often high heels attached to it, uh, enough so that your, your bosom is properly pronounced, uh, possibly showing a lot of cleavage, though once again, not a necessity. Uh, those would be the, the general characteristics of a sexy maid outfit. Well, you're not wrong. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> there we are, motherfucker. I it's one of the more modest ones, I'd say. Can, can anyone either tweet us, email us, or in our Discord show an anime maid uh, in, an, in a maid outfit that is not a sexy maid outfit? If you guys can find a single one, I will be so amazed. And it can't just be they're like they're wearing their regular clothes and doing maid stuff. That doesn't count. I want them to be in a normal maid outfit that is not sexualized. Or you could just draw a picture of Rem in a maid outfit. No, 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 no. That's not how this goes. That's not how this goes. Well, you want a non-sexual maid outfit, and there you go. That's the easiest way to get one. First of all, you know damn well it's not going to be non-sexual if they do that. Second of all, I was looking at in anime. I am not an anime character. That doesn't count. These are not the criteria. You're bending the rules that I'm crafting, Sean, and I'm not a fan. Corey in the house. Oh, what a good episode. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I digress. Uh, the really, uh, This all starts when uh, Kobayashi uh, was wandering uh, home heavily intoxicated. Oh, fuck. Uh, okay. Because there are adults in this show, thank fuck. Oh, good God. Thank goodness. Yes. Uh, she's a working uh, woman, and she uh, was wandering home after partying with her co-worker all night. And uh, somehow manages to wander into the woods. Uh, okay. Look, when you're really intoxicated, Remington, I know you. I know you don't drink. But when you're really intoxicated, sometimes you end up places you didn't think were possible. Yeah, but like the woods. Yeah, it's a rural, more rural part of the area. <laughs> All right, I'll, 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 I'll take your word for it, Sean. All right, so she finds herself in the woods, and then you get a vampire maid or some such. Oh, no, no, Vamp don't be ridiculous. We've done vampires. Oh, okay. Vampires are so passe. Oh, okay. They're so 2008. Oh, but of course. And 2009, and 2010, and 2011. <laughs> you get the point. Uh, the twilight years, you might call them. <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, but no, no, no. Uh, this is a bit more exotic. Uh, wandering drunkenly through the night, she comes across a very interesting individual, uh, who is lamenting the loss of her home as it has been taken over by humans and such, and being incredibly drunk and intoxicated. Okay, we got a ghost here, 100%. So we're ghost-like thing. No, no, no. Poltergeist of sorts. That that was so 2004, don't be God damn it! Uh, and, uh, is lamenting the loss of her home, and Kobayashi drunkenly offers to let her move in with her. Uh, and then finds herself at home with a hangover, wakes up, goes out front, and sees that this uh, creature has followed her home and has accepted her invitation to live with her so, so that she wouldn't be alone. I, I, so she was invited in? Are you sure it's not a vampire? Positive. Okay, continue. Uh, and the big twist is, uh, in or and uh, because you know she's she lives in a one-person apartment, so it's not exactly a lot of space. Of course. Uh, and in exchange for a room and board, the creature offers to help her clean and maintain things. And thus, the entertainment and comedy ensues. We get to meet more creatures of her type and such. Uh, now, you guessed vampire and ghost. Do you have one more guess to make it a nice round three? I'm going to guess a Lovecraftian horror. 
No. <laughs> That's a different anime. Oh no! Oh, I would like to redact all all indirect references to tentacles. I would like there to be no possible reference to tentacles involved, especially in an episode where a call to action has been made of me in a maid outfit. So if we would just separate those concepts, uh, what the fuck is she? I'm I'm gonna stop digging myself in a hole. What is she, Sean? Well, Remington, of course, if you run into this in the woods, you have to offer it a home because otherwise I don't know what'll happen because the anime we're watching today is known none other as Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I'm not talking just a girl that looks a bit like a dragon. This is a full size, like adult ancient red uh, <laughs> dragon size dragon. <laughs> oh, okay. Unfortunately, we don't get a whole anime with full-size dragon. Uh, she does get her cute little moe form out because dragons are insanely magical, so of course they can shift into human form. Uh, so She still has a tail and horns, though, so you don't have to worry so, about that. So, uh, I'll be honest, there, there's a benchmark for dragons on this show. Okay. And it's a high benchmark. We've only had one. Uh, and that's the Sundere dragon from, uh, from Slime Reincarnate. And that was a great dragon. Phenomenal dragon. Oh, yes. Uh, so because that is my data point for anime dragons, I am going to be comparing this dragon maid to the Sundere dragon. Yeah. In this case, we've got kind of a borderline uh, animalistic uh, Bacadere dragon maid. Okay. So she wants, she offered to be a maid. She's just kind of incompetent as well. Okay, whenever I hear Bacadere, I just associate it with you, Sean. Hey. Because the one time you took a BuzzFeed quiz and you are a Bacadere, uh, which is the most accurate thing I've ever heard, uh, which I, I we haven't, I think, formally gone over. I think we've mentioned it. If I remember, it's, Baca is idiot. Yes. So it's it's the dumb dare. Yeah. <laughs> you know your favorite archetype, the Genki girl, the dairy dare? Yeah. It's the less intelligent version of that. Oh, man. That's us. <laughs> hey, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> swear to God. <laughs> you know, I'd like to double request the uh, no, fan art, No, no, I'm going to I'm going to just I'm going to just keep I can't I'm just going to keep keep speaking. I'm just going to going to not let But if him, you could do this for this me. This is my filibuster. I don't I ask like for to, much. to just continue uh, so, Sean, back back to the anime at hand. All right, so we we have uh, a dragon trying to to clean up around the place, presumably storing all shiny objects into into their own horde. Uh, if they do not, I will be severely displeased. Uh, and being generally incompetent because it's a goddamn dragon. Uh, what and what's what's the girl doing? What do you mean? Like, like what? Like in her day to day life, she. Oh, she's an office worker. Oh, okay. How exciting! Yeah, <laughs> you know, just a career woman. I'm, I'm sure that a lot of the story revolves around that that wildly fascinating spot in her life. I mean, of course, she's a little little hesitant because you once you make a promise when you're drunk, it's hard to undo that promise. So, so she did just she does just find a dragon in the woods. Yeah, but she's so drunk she doesn't recognize it as a dragon. Well, she recognizes that as a dragon. It's just that. She doesn't care. Because I don't know if you know this, Rem, but if you're intoxicated <laughs> enough, your common sense and fear inhibitions kind of can go out the window. Yeah, but I feel like no matter how drunk you are, you're going to be like, oh, fuck, that's a dragon. She's a bit of an alcoholic. <laughs> and I say this because her apartment has a lot of beer cans in it, I've noticed. Oh. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, uh, but everything is drawn in this like squash cute, almost chibi style. So it's a bit interesting. Uh, uh, okay. I have no idea what to expect. I don't know whether I will like it or not. I, I can see it going either way. Right now, it, it's a bit of a coin flip. And Remington, there's not much else I can tell you. It's just kind of a surreal experience. It was very, very popular. Wait, it, okay. Is the smug emote we have on our Discord the girl or the dragon? The dragon. Okay. Okay. Yeah, her name is Toru. Toru. Okay. Sure. Smug dragon. Yep. Will smug dragon defeat Sundere dragon? There's only one way to find out. There's actually not a Sundere dragon, from what I can tell. No, but they, we, we, our good old Sundere dragon. Don't oh, you go forgetting. Don't oh. you forget about our Sundere dragon so quickly. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Veldora, I believe, was it? Veldora. Name. So Veldora versus Toru, uh, match of the ages. Well, I think I think I know which way it's going to go for you personally. <laughs> uh, I will say there is one bit of controversy about this show. Ah, fuck. All right. Uh, And it's the first time we've ever actually kind of had to go into it. Mm. Uh, But the vast majority of the anime community agrees that this is a complete fact and should never be done. Uh, There is a dragon that, because there are multiple dragons, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah. They all get paired off with other working folk. This is getting Spyro style. Like, this, this is... This is Spyro. Everyone get your own Spyro. Uh, sure. Bring your Spyro to work day. Sure. I only got a Trash Bandicoot, unfortunately. <laughs> well, you're fucked. Yeah, but no. Uh, one of them is an adorable little tiny dragon named Kana. The uh, colloquialism and the rhyme that is always uh, associated with it and with the anime community as, whole, as a whole is ravioli, ravioli, do not lewd the dragon lolly. And, oh, and that's the controversy because there are some people who think it's okay just because she's an ancient dragon, even though she's got like the mentality of a, uh, you know, like of a young child or a uh, teenager. And uh, most people just want to uh, protect her and think she's cute. Other people, not going to name names, uh, have other concerning opinions about her. Uh I'm I'm not gonna call out by name. No, no, no. But however, I have my suspicions of an individual on the Discord <laughs> who is great and contributes to the community a lot. I love them. However, if anybody would have seen loots of this dragon lolly, it is this person. We're watching you. Ravioli, ravioli, do not loot the dragon lolly. <laughs> Oh, boy. And with that, Remington, let's go watch some episodes of Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back after consuming four episodes of the hit 2017 anime Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid or Kobayashi-san Chino Maid Dragon, which... Not as good, honestly. Yeah, well, one of those is better than the other, but I always have that opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Casual racism with a. Uh, I always favor my American language. <laughs> oh, goodness. You know, we're supposed to be a country of respect and inclusion and uh, loving of all different types of people. I think we are the most of all of those things, asterisk. <laughs> <laughs> When when do we just do politics out of context where we just really delve deep on these things? And... What? Why would anybody ever make a podcast about a subject they know little to nothing about and then talk <laughs> about it for hours on end? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, my, I'm I'm only curious to see uh, which one would garner us more hate. <laughs> 
I don't know, man. The it's weep... a coin flip, frankly. Yeah, the weeps can get pretty violent, but then again, I have seen uh, the news lately. <laughs> but Remington, we're not here to talk about politics. We're here to talk about anime. And the anime we're talking about today being uh, Dragon Maid was incredibly popular when it came out. Uh, so much so, in fact, that Heck, it's one of a lot of people's favorite from 2017. Now, the real question is, Remington, what did you think of it? All right, so I got a comparison for you, Sean. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, as, as the people of the podcast know, I'm a big fan of smushing some different ideas and anime together to create an equation to equal this one, and I think I have the equation for this one. Oh, God, the fusion dance that is your mind concerns me. Uh, I don't know if you're going to like either ingredient. Oh, that, that, scares, that scares me even more. <laughs> the first, uh, very prominent comparisons. Uh, if anything, the, the closest to this that we've seen, I compare a lot of things to this, uh, but Umaru-chan. Mm, what a surprise. I never would have guessed that one, you Moe piece of shit. It's not like this is a Moe-specific show with a very similar art style and very similar aesthetics, except just with a lot more sexy stuff. This is, this is one of... The best comparisons to Mario Chen that I've ever made, okay? It's one of the most fair ever. If, yeah, no, that is that is fair. They they are cut from the same cloth. Uh, if anything, I think this one is a little bit more Umaru Chan than Umaru Chan. Interpret that as you will. Well, uh, no, how? Wait, what? How, mm. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say like 200% Umaru Chan and then combine that with a harem anime. Now, that's that's a lot of weird elements. It takes a moment to process, but I think you'll find it actually works pretty well. No? <laughs> no. No, see, what you're focused on in the harem anime uh, is, is bland bitch protagonist wants to fuck everybody, which, I'll, I'll be honest, is the core and heart of a harem anime. However, in this, I'm just taking, you have a, a cast of characters, right, all have their own quirk or unique niche, right? As well as the general, uh, there, there's quite a bit of sexuality uh, and a, a light a light touch of romance. Uh, though it's not, it, this show definitely isn't a romance. No, God, no. Uh, but the light touches of a romance are there. And so those elements of a harem anime I'm bringing in. So take those elements of harem anime, bring them in and take 200% of Umaru-chan, bring that in, and then you have... Dragon Maid. You know, you could have found like a more specific uh, second part of your equation there, my dude. I mean, I get the Umaru Chan thing because this is a Moe Trash type of show, but I feel like you're just nitpicking things from a specific genre, which would be a bit like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna go to the grocery store and get the food from this section alone. Well, yeah, but it's like it's um it's like the secondary qualities of harem anime, not the primary qualities, but it is the very prominent secondary quality. So. That's what I'm I'm emphasizing there. I think it's a great comparison, as I think all of my comparisons are. All of them spot on. Uh-huh. <laughs> so let, let me just start out. We we start off Dragon Maid, right? And we we get to see it's it's OP, and for for quite a while I had no idea what I felt about it, what I was going on, whether it was good or not. Okay. It was it was an experience. Okay. Uh, eventually, I grew to adore it. I figured you would. It, once again, very Umaru-chan of, of just moe and weird, but weird in some really fun ways. And a lot more boobs. Uh, lots of boobs. Lots of boobs. But it's okay, because they're adults. 
Uh, thank God. I, I will say, when it comes to fan service, this show does fan service some of the best we've ever seen. Wow, now that's it, gonna really be, get, it really gets it going. That'll huh? be a weird one. Uh, <laughs> not because it's super sexy. Uh, I'm sure it's many people's type. But what I mean by that is it's some of the least gratuitous fan service that we've seen. Now, there's still plenty of gratuitous fan service. I don't know what you're talking about. This is a good, wholesome show, Remington. However, it at least tries to justify it. Let me put it this way. Uh, Dragon Maid justifies its fan service better than Kill the Kill. Okay. <laughs> All right. I know that Sean is one of the weebs who are like, actually, the fact that they wear scantily clad outfits in Kill the Kill, it's so deep, it's so metaphorical, it's I, not about I how sexy it said is. That. Uh, and he's just one of those apologists for, for titty, but uh, for unnecessary titty, rather, because we can all appreciate titty. I just don't want Titty to get in the way of a good story. Uh, <laughs> but furthermore, uh, we'll, we'll get to, to more on that specific detail later. But nonetheless, uh, a surprising note that, that Dragon Maid does fan service better than most, which I wasn't anticipating, frankly. Yeah, no, I kind of kept all the lewd stuff out of there because I didn't want you to be in a dark pit of spiral before you jumped in. I mean, they show. do have a designated boob jiggle sound. They like, do. They do. <laughs> almost, is... It's almost custom mixed with how uh, prominent it is. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's Emily Focus. But fortunately, the fan service didn't take away too much. Uh, in fact, there were some fan service moments that were actually entertaining. Uh, because many anime will do this thing where they're like, oh, haha, what we're doing is pulling a joke. That's why the fan service is here, guys. Haha. But it's not for the humor. It's not for the joke. It's just there because boobs. And we all know it. Uh, it's just a, a very bad justification. But this one actually had good comedy coming from some of the moments that actually made me laugh. This is actually a really genuinely funny show, Remington. It is. Uh, it's a very funny show. One of the funniest shows we have seen at all. Uh, that combined with the great Moe elements. Uh, man, I haven't enjoyed myself this much since, much since Bananya. To be uh, fair, <laughs> hey. <laughs> come on. Promise Neverland didn't make you have this much fun? Well, in, in this in this regard. Okay. Uh, Promise Neverland, I, I enjoyed greatly. Uh, I, I, I had a bit of fun with Promise Neverland, but fun wasn't the overriding source of, of emotion and enjoyment from Promise Neverland. Well, you don't get pure joy and titillation from child murder? I mean, I do. I do. I want to <laughs> clarify that right now. There I just definitely wasn't enough do. for you. Uh, but with, with the first episode, we're, we're introduced to the situation, we're introduced to the characters and the general tone. And this show, it's all in, in almost all directions. It embraces the absurdity so strongly, which is great to see, as well as the qualities that I tend to love where it thinks things through. The world building is actually pretty solid. These characters, they don't live in a bubble. Thank God. Uh, and we'll get into that a little bit more later as well. But the first episode, it strongly establishes the different characters, uh, and they're enjoyable. And our our main character, what a, a sweet sign of relief uh, she is. Good God. Yeah. Uh, because she's she's normal done right. 
Because so often shows, they want to show how different and crazy their ensemble is. And this show also wants to do that, of course. It wants to show how wacky each of the dragons are. And in comedy, you need a, a straight man to, to, uh, to really level out how crazy the comedy moments are, right? But how people tend to do that is via, like, bland bitch protagonists or people with no personality whatsoever. Because when people interpret normal or average, it's just as nothing, which is shitty and boring and I don't give a shit about. But she's average in a normal way. Like, she's generally toned down. She'll be a little bit more extroverted when she's drunk. She has bonds and relationships. She's not an extrovert, but she still has connections. She'll do everyday stuff. She gets annoyed, but not irrationally or wildly so. Like, it's it's just an average person. Done right. Kobayashi for president. <laughs> uh, Kobayashi is is just so so nice to to have. And I also one one thing I will note. Uh, thank God they went with a female protagonist here. Uh, I think we can all appreciate that fact because if it was a male protagonist, let's face it, they wouldn't have made the same decisions. They would have gotten real lazy with a lot of things, and then it would have just been a harem anime, and that would have been rough. And plus, we wouldn't have all the great Yuri baiting moments. Uh, we- <laughs> uh, and and those moments are actually pretty solid. Right. Like, normally that's like the, the type of thing where I find gratuitous or unnecessary, but in this, it served a great purpose of not only genuinely building characters and relationships, but also enhancing the comedy many, many times. And one one fact of that is, even though it definitely has gratuitous fan service, it won't always choose the fan service option. An example a little bit later, we have uh, Toru, and uh, she she wants to, she she talks about how she hasn't been bathed in a while because dragons, right? And it, it's just been difficult, and and she found an excuse to help bathe Kobayashi. Um, and Kobayashi goes and she, she offers, Hey, uh, I, I will bathe you. Right. Uh, and nine oh, yeah, shows, will. nine shows out of 10, they're going to use this as an excuse. And we all know it. Nine sh- shows out of 10, they're going to be like, yeah, now we get a few, uh, we get a scene of boob, right? Uh, this, this show doesn't do that. Instead, it, it uses it as, as a joke and a punchline where then we see her with like a garden hose spraying off the dragon form of Toru. And that's great. That's lovely. Which it, it was funny as fuck the first time I saw that. It's a, it's a really solid moment. Uh... But we get introduced to, to the characters, which is is fantastic. They're all very strong. Uh, and, and just the fact that Kobayashi is average but still interesting is perfect. It's so easy to screw up, but they didn't do it. Honestly, Kobayashi is one of the most relatable protagonists we've had in a while, and I strongly relate with her, except for the maid thing. Uh, <laughs> the maid thing, I can agree with to a point, but I draw the line... At saying that all made outfits cannot are not equal. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, in I think it's literally the first episode that she criticizes uh, Toru's made outfit as like a parody, a satire of made outfits, okay. which is great. There, there's some self awareness there. Uh, in the second episode, that's when we are introduced to uh, to our next dragon. Yep, uh, and that's Kana. Which Kana? Come on, man. It was so cute. Right. So cute. Uh, my favorite thing about Kana 
is she she has this tendency to have an unenthused enthusiasm about the world where she'll be totally sincere she'll she'll genuinely enjoy something or support something but she'll she'll like yay and but but it's not like monotonous it's not even sarcastic it's it's just the most unenthused enthusiasm around and it was so charming uh kana is great uh really solid character she had uh from from last week i remember there was like this of uh, the, the from the anime we saw last week there was this dynamic in one couple where there was a little sister right uh who tried to ruin a, a relationship yep. and, and when we're introduced to kana she serves that role very well uh as well as the little sister from uh, the anime last week and that was great she's so full of sass and personality when she needs to be but what's great even though all of the characters are filled with sass they don't let that ruin the humanity this show doesn't make everyone become an asshole in fact Everyone in this show is generally well-meaning. Now they will make plenty of mistakes and there will be plenty of uh plenty of conflicting motivations going on. However, generally speaking, the characters give a shit still. And that is so nice to see. There are multiple moments where a lazy writer would turn these conflicts into easy fights or or easy plots for the entire episode. But Dragon Maid doesn't do that because it's not how the characters would respond. It's less interesting if the characters respond in that way that we've seen a billion times where they argue over nothing, they miscommunicate, and then it starts off this whole series of things. Uh, one, one I'm specifically thinking about in my mind is uh, there, like even something as simple as uh, later on, a few episodes later, Kana decides she wants to go to school, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a few different directions they could go with this, right? But they play it straight and they play it sincere. And there are a few moments when they're out shopping that could easily arise for moments of of conflict or you could have a petty argument. You could turn Kana into a crybaby for not always getting what she wants or any of that. But that's generally not who Kana is. Kana understands. In fact, there's this super heartwarming moment where they're out to buy a backpack. It's one of the last things they're oh, buying. Oh, God, yes. Oh, God. My See, and, my Moe surges are rising up within me just thinking about it. And uh, they, they purchase a backpack, and Kobayashi is, is surprised at how expensive it is. And as she's in the process of checking out, Kana has gone and gotten a, a little keychain with an adorable bunny on it for the backpack. Uh, but she sees the price, and so she goes and puts it back, right? She she understands what's happening. She puts it back. Kobayashi sees that she puts it back. Uh, and and it's, it's a nice sensitive moment because it shows that, like, Kana is sincerely appreciative and she understands. Although, although these characters aren't wildly mature all the time. In fact... Uh, to make a com- comparison to Violet Evergarden, oh, you wow, could say right. you could say that the dragons are robot girls, right? You could say that they are uh, strange people in a strange place where they need to learn about how humanity functions. But they're some of the best robot girl trope that I've ever seen because they still have humanity. They're still capable. They're still competent. They might misunderstand some things, but they're going to give their damnedest, and it's going to generally be okay. You'll still have those moments where you'll have a crazy misunderstanding. 
But what? one, those will be better written. And two, they aren't all there is. We see that, generally speaking, they're competent. They figure stuff out. They're not dumb as shit where they're confused after every single thing. And they'll be plenty confused, especially for comedic purposes. However, it serves a purpose when it happens, and it's not the only goddamn thing we get. It's not the same thing we've seen again and again and again. Yeah, because Loki, this show is both hilarious and incredibly fucked up in a lot of ways. Like, for example, Rem, would you like some of my tail meat? Oh, yeah, good old, good old tail meat. Uh, I've, I've been trying to feed Sean my tail meat for ages. Uh, <laughs> it's just so much to get through. It's so dummy thick. <laughs> oh, fuck. God damn it. Oh, when when Sean uses slang, uh, I'm it's... hip with the kids, guys. What uh, up? But then, even with that backpack moment, we have a, a moment later where after after Kana's first day at school, which once again you could easily play it, where she's sick and tired. It wasn't what she expected, and she's real disappointed. That would be like the easy way out. But no, she generally enjoyed it. And when asked, but there must be some boring bits. Yeah. There's some boring bits, too, and that's fine. That's part of school, but she still overall enjoyed herself. Uh, she's given a gift by Kobayashi, and it's the adorable bunny keychain, key ring from earlier. And so that goes full circle. It's super wholesome, as well as just, like, generally when Kana gets back with her backpack, she also, like, sleeps in it and shows Which off with so it. Which is so cute. My God. Like, the, the cuteness in the show is so, so tremendously done. And we're talking about it a lot with Kana, because Kana nails it a lot. No, she's the moe heart of the show. Oh, yeah. But but Toru also has a, a lot of solid moments, even with... Uh, Toru is infatuated with Kobayashi. And... Uh, is genuinely romantically interested in Kobayashi uh, in a way that they have handled amazingly well because they haven't played it like, oh man, the underlying tension here. And they also haven't played it like, wow, they're madly in love with each other. They've played it as one is super infatuated with the other. The other one isn't really infatuated with the other, but does sincerely appreciate them and their company. Yeah, keep your dramatic bullshit out of my Moe Blob show. I need my nice, yeah. soft, squishy stuff. And so you'll have frequent moments of uh, affection like that, and and it, it's swell, and it's pleasant, and it's still wholesome. Uh, but the show, amazingly, despite reaching such absurd bounds at times, it also has great moments of casual reality. I'm reminded of, of one moment, there's a bit of an argument about loud neighbors, right? And they go and they handle loud neighbors. Uh, and at first Kobayashi thought it wasn't the neighbors, but it was Toru. And so uh, she makes an accusation and Toru is a little bit hurt and is like, oh, do you, do you think I'm loud? They go, they handle all the loudness going elsewhere. And uh, eventually they're all just uh, sleeping on the couch, right? And when they're sleeping on the couch, Toru goes to Kobayashi and is like, "But do you think I'm loud?" Uh, and and does does be, and it's like, "Well, yeah, sometimes I think you're a bit loud." And does that bother you? Well, that's a bit difficult to answer precisely, but I'm okay with living this way. And that's an amazing little moment that I feel like could easily be overlooked because she's essentially saying like. Sure, maybe your habits do annoy me at times to some degree. However, I am okay with that level of nuisance at the level that it's at. That's okay with me. Uh, and it shows it, it's that way because she does sincerely care about Toru and enjoys Toru. And they have a sincere friendship and bond. And so it was just so casually human. It was so delightful to see. 
So the real question is, Remington, uh, for your prime company of Dracula United, uh, how well do you think the show handles dragons? Uh, so Dracula United, uh, to, to get back into to that framework, uh, remember, there, there's two main problems that we search for here at Dracula United when it comes to monsters and the like. Uh, and those are over-fetishization and over-villainization. And so, uh, first, we look at over-villainization. No, no chance. No, not even no, no. A, a lick of it. The uh, most evil one is Fafnir, and he's evil in such a way uh, that is... We, we need to talk about Fafnir in just a moment. Yeah. Uh, but after after the De- Dracula United Declaration, uh, now, that, that goes to the second point, over-fetishization. Uh, and to that, I'm going to say... It's not perfect, but it gets it, it gets a passing grade still. It gets a passing grade even on that front. Uh, it, it's probably not an A plus, but it might be a B. Are you sure it's not a D for dragon? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good old D for dragon. Uh, because because this show does represent them more or less as just people and. It's exactly what you want to see. Where it's not even really a show about a dragon maid or other dragons. It's a show about people, some of which are also dragons, and it's important and it's relevant a lot of the time. But it isn't the sole focus of the show. We've also been introduced to two other dragons. Uh, we've been introduced to uh, the Quetzalcoatl. Uh, who I can't remember her actual name, what she goes by, rather. Yeah, like her nickname. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the Quetzalcoatl, uh, who is the the most fan service out of any of them. Like, But yeah, it, once it, again, there's actually some oof. decent uh, comedy there. Uh, to, 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 those, uh, to those who know the specific volleyball scene, check our Twitter. Uh, there, <laughs> there, there's something there for you. Uh, it, it'll be uploaded soon after we upload this episode. Oh God, here we go. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but then we have Fafnir, who uh, who who's just like he's the dark and brooding one. He's right? Dylan. Uh, he's Dylan, Dragon Dylan. But once again, they they go absurd with the characters while maintaining their humanity. So Fafnir. We're first introduced to him actually via phone call, right? Because Toru is is looking for some assistance on how to handle some people and what to do. So she calls him up and his advice, kill him. Yep. Just mur- murder them, kill them. Uh, and then she she tries calling him again. He he recommends the same advice. She's like, okay, maybe maybe we'll do something else then. I mean, hey, it was good advice for the, for the burglars, I felt. I mean, it's solid advice for burglars. Uh, America. God bless America. Uh, but we we get introduced to him a little bit more, and he ends up uh, playing this. He ends up playing Dark Souls. It's Dark Souls. <laughs> it's it's not even pretending to be something else. It is very Dark Souls. Uh, and he starts playing it, and he's not ridiculously terrible at it. He's not ridiculously good at it. He just is super into it. And he he has a lot of personality brooding within himself as well. Uh, he he's an a bit of an edge lord character, but not too much of just edge lord that it becomes a parody unto itself. Uh, and even the Quetzalcoatl, although she is extremely sexualized, uh, she's also just pretty pretty happy go lucky, uh, enjoying 
just being there. Yeah, she's right. the big sister dairy dairy type. Yeah. The ada ada, you know, very aloof and very bubbly. She's great. Uh the the only other well, there's two other sort of prominent characters. Yes. Uh both of these are human characters. One, we have Kobayashi's coworker and friend. Who knows what his name is? It doesn't really matter. Uh Rude. it's Sean. Think of it as Sean. Hey. It's basically <laughs> Sean. And so uh just friend from work. And once again, there could easily be this crazy, melodramatic uh, love triangle between the co-worker Kobayashi and Toru. Uh, but so far, there's been not really any indication of such other than like when Toru first meets her co-worker and is immediately jealous. But that's more t- talking about Toru than it is any sort of love triangle burgeoning. By, by that logic, that means I end up as roommates with Dylan if you're- Hell yeah! Right. <laughs> <laughs> hell. It makes perfect sense. Uh, who knows which one I am? I don't give a damn. And the the other character uh, that's remaining is uh, a friend that Kana makes. Uh, Kana makes a, goes to school, makes a friend. Kana is super great at everything because she's a goddamn dragon. And a lot of kids are like, that's really cool. And one girl is like, you know what? You think you're so good? I challenge you. I'm going to show that I'm better than you. And Kana's just like, I just wanted to be friends. And then the girl is like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Let's be friends then. Uh, and here's here's what I love about this, especially. We've talked before about depictions of young characters and depictions of, of children characters. Uh, and, and so often... They are irrational assholes, and that's it. So often, you're a little bit different, so we're all going to chastise you, which, once again, is an element that does happen with young children. But if you only learned about young children via watching shows and via watching anime, you'd come to think that 99% of them only functioned that way, which is untrue. Uh, It's more like 89%. (laughs) Instead, you get uh, what I think is probably a more likely depiction and more accurate depiction of how kids tend to be. One, a kid is super great at a lot of stuff. The people aren't going to, the the kids don't all just say, oh, you're different, you're weird. They're just like, you're real neat and I want to be your friend. Uh, And then... And then when a, a character goes challenge, when uh, w- when Kana's new friend challenges her, right, and wants to be better, she quickly folds from, like, anger and fury to, like, oh, no, I'm sorry, let's actually be friends. From being, like, a bit of an asshole to, no, let's actually be super tight. Which I feel like most of us have made a friend when we were super young in almost that exact fashion. I know I made a couple of them because that's just how kids are. They're not just irrational assholes. They also make irrational friendships and irrationally cry and irrationally get angry at the world and irrationally happy. They don't make a lot of sense. It's true, but you can't just present it as they're all just going to be assholes and divisive for no reason because that's the laziest stereotype. No, we see this little wholesome moment. Uh, and and the friend who has a very shiny forehead. Oh, the forehead, be- <laughs> like the real estate on the forehead. You could plant a mansion on there and have room to grow. They, I, I, I can't, I don't know if they've even like acknowledged it through dialogue, but they've, They've definitely acknowledged it through a lot of gags, which is great. I love it. And they will continue to do so throughout because, my God, the re- kids, fun thing about kids is their heads are way too big <laughs> for their bodies. You learn about this when you study anything about anatomy and growing up. And the fact that, one, kids bounce, which is hilarious. 
And two, that their heads just are, it's bobblehead proportions. And the fact that they really, really extra emphasized it with this character is just a treat. Oh, yeah. And and it's just, so both of the human side characters are really solid. Even the brief introductions to, like, tertiary ensemble characters, like when noise is being made, we're introduced to a chef neighbor, a metalhead neighbor, and a, a woodworking neighbor. And all three of them, you, they're, you're introduced to them for moments, and they show tons of personality in what they do. And even later, uh, the woodworker introduces us to like these these little uh, carved gorillas out of wood, right? That are real neat. And a little later on, it has like a two second pan shot where it shows that now Kobayashi and the dragons have a gorilla. They have a carved gorilla right there. And even little brief details like that, it establishes a world beyond this little bubble. It shows that Everything you see on screen isn't everything that happens in this world. There are things that fill in the blanks. These people continue on and all characters continue on. And that's so delightful to see. Uh, and it, even in A Slice of Life, you'll see that less often because it is Slice of Life. It has a focus on a specific set of characters, but it's still lovely when you do see it. Overall, Dragon Maid, it's one of the funniest shows that we've seen. It's wildly thoughtful. It's absurd while maintaining a casual humanity that's beautiful to see. It's super wholesome and adorable in a lot of moments. Uh, while the fan service is still a little bit gratuitous at times, overall, it's still some of the best fan service we've ever seen in terms of that gratuity. I think it's fine personally, but you know me. Well, you've been ruined by anime broadly, and once again, you think Kill a Kill isn't gratuitous, which is one hell of a claim, but that's fine. Uh, I, okay. I didn't say that. I say that the fan service serves a purpose, damn it. <laughs> uh, uh, but nonetheless, I, I maintain this show, it, it's very much in the lineage of Umaru-chan. Uh, if anything, it's just more Umaru-chan. That, that comparison hurts me, but makes sense, and I hate that. It makes a lot of sense, because they're both Moe Slice of Life who are very thoughtful, think about a lot of the little details, love to reference other different anime, different mediums, different ideas, because that is very prominent in Dragon Maid as well. I mentioned Dark Souls. It also has uh, it also has a good old Mario Kart soon after that. It references a lot of different like shonen tropes or even shoujo tropes, right? Uh, it, it'll reference plenty of different things, and it'll do so very well and very thoughtfully. Uh, it, it's just a really solid and humorous and enjoyable and fun show. You can see why Kyoto Animations is one of my favorite studios, right? They nail it! Like, there has, you've had problems with all of the shows we've seen. Yep. But they've all been, like, things you've kind of shoved in the corners and got yelled at, at people by people later at, you know? <laughs> yeah. you know? I, I, overall, I, I've, I've almost always been able to find significant merit with Kyo Annie. Mm-hmm. And I hope that continues to be the case. Uh, granted, being as there have, I've seen so many anime, including most of Kyo. Uh, what was my favorite Kyo Annie before this one? Uh, oof. Uh, I can list them off for you and you can figure it out. All right, go there. for it. Uh, well, we've got uh, Violet Evergarden. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we've got um, K-On. Mm, yeah. Uh, we've got uh, uh, Silent Voice. Mm. We've covered others, I'm sure. I think that, like, this one and maybe Violet Evergarden from the ones I can remember, they might be, like, the top two for me from Kyo Annie. Uh, Dragon Maid, 
might edge it out, but that also might be recency bias, so I wouldn't be willing to to claim that too strongly at this stage. Well, in terms of release, both of them came out about a year apart, so... And both of them are are really solid. Uh, I would like to remind everyone before they they send more emails, Discord messages, and uh, Twitter DMs that I did like Violet Evergarden. That was a very prominent part of the episode was the fact that I liked it. Uh, he didn't good. like it enough, though. Oh, so. I know. <laughs> because I criticized Violet because Violet was a character, all of a sudden, I'm stoked up in flames. And now that I've mentioned this, even though I've just been singing the praises of Dragon Maid for, for half an hour, even though I've been doing that for half an hour, we're still going to get messages that are like, cool, the Dragon Maid stuff was neat and all, but what the fuck about Violet Evergarden? And then they'll be like, oh, and how dare you mention the water of Violet Evergarden? How dare you criticize such a sacrosanct thing as the goddamn water in Violet Evergarden? Oh, Forgive me, dear weeb gods, for having the audacity to criticize the water in a gentle <laughs> criticism in Violet Evergarden. <laughs> While we're at it, how did you feel about a silent voice? <laughs> silent voice? Oh, uh, it was one of the most emotionally captivating shows I've ever seen, uh, with some strong errors when it came to characterization. Okay, all right. I think that about covers it. Did you have any major problems with K-On that you can think of off the top of your head? Uh... None that I can remember. I'll be honest. I remember feeling favorably towards Kaon, but also it might be the least memorable thing of Kyoen that we've seen. Okay, that'll do it. That'll get enough people angry at you. <laughs> no, once again, I'm, I'm pretty sure I gave all of them a thumbs up. So, no, that doesn't matter. Uh... I'm about to get crucified by a bunch of weeps. Long story short, Dragon Maid gets a strong and emphatic thumbs up from me. It's adorable. It's funny. It's enjoyable. It's it's well done, it's clever, and they give a shit about it. Okay, and one final message to the people who think it's okay to loot Kana. How do you feel about that? It acknowledges multiple times that she is a child. It it hasn't, I don't even know if it's ever like pretended to reference that she's like an ancient dragon or something. Nope. No, she's, she's just a child. Don't, don't fucking do it. Granted, the show did get a little bit closer than I'd like with doing that. Uh, in, in one specific instance that I'm thinking of, uh, that it decided to pixelate some stuff that I'm sure some some fucked up fanboys have have made an unpixelated version, and I don't want that in my life. Uh, but don't don't lose Kana. Ravioli, ravioli, don't lose the dragon lolly. She's too pure. She's also so a child. Yeah. Thank you, Remington. I'm glad that we agree on that point heavily because if you don't, you might need some therapy. In fact, we all need some therapy after having to deal with. Uh, that kind of shit. Oh, uh, yeah. Trust me, be careful where you're looking on the internet. Oof. Uh, but without further ado, Remington, I just have to ask, would you like to go watch some more Kobayashi's Dragon Maid with me sometime? You know what, Sean? I would gladly do so. Fantastic. Uh, before we get out of here, though, we do have a bit of housekeeping that we have to do. Remington, uh, I would say that you should read out all of the patrons aloud, but unfortunately... We, uh, both of our phones are dead. Oh, don't worry. Don't worry, Sean. Here is definitely my voice and not Dylan's reading them all perfectly. Starting off with our Yandere waifu tier, we have And Miles To Go, Sarah Birch, Kazu Muriko, Leos123, Cassidy Justin, Hayden Lecker, Anonymous Gamer, Rich Huffnagel, Ultimate5401, 
Uliana, Salty Pretzel, Glenn Michael Dolan, Jacob Livingston, Zarix, Wood, or H. Wood, I'm really not too sure which, and Grant Firetype. Then, at our Boy Wizard tier, currently we have Brady Weinbarger, and our patron saint, Saint, is not the only individual in our Chefinomusco tier this month. We also have Almighty Sinner. Thank you guys so much. Yep. I love how buttery smooth your voice can get when reading names. Uh, why, why, thank you, Sean. I've, I've worked on it uh, quite a bit, practiced just for that occasion. Thank you. And if you'd still like to support us, but you don't have much in the means of money to spare, that's perfectly okay, because I have the perfect solution for you. What you can do is you can leave us a review on whatever platform you listen on, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, or if you really want to help us grow, word of mouth is a great way to do it. And if you'd like to contact us directly, whether it is for a comment, question, feedback, or recommendation, then you can either tweet us at AnimeConPod on Twitter, or you can send an email over onto AnimeOutOfContext at gmail.com, where, for a few of the emails, I've just been replying with dissing Sean in various ways. He doesn't know that, and I don't think he will. <laughs> Except for the fact that I'm right here, motherfucker. Yeah, but you won't know which ones. <laughs> so, we have a sent tab. <laughs> There's literally a whole section saying, hey, these are the emails you've sent. It's, it's literally the easiest thing in the world to find I'm out. I'm sorry, Sean. This doesn't sound like your outro. <laughs> you've made it my outro, bitch. I'm not even certain we're going to have Don't Fuck Your Sister for another year. We don't even know. And as always, thank you guys so much for watching. And don't fuck your sister. Fuck you, Rem. You've made it my outro, bitch. <laughs>